All right, a little bit of a different direction today. Um, some of you know that Sunday, January 17th, is Sanctity of Life Sunday. and uh, But I'm going to be out of town that day, and so I wanted to do a little something in here today to sort of move in that direction. Uh, if you're new around here, then you should know that uh, Grace of Anne is a pro-life church. Uh, but not just talking about politics. I mean, before this was ever a political issue, this was a kingdom issue. And uh, just simply the biblical teaching is that every human being was created in the image of God and uh, should be valued and cared for as such. Especially those image bearers that are unable to defend themselves and, and care for themselves, such as the unborn. We live in a country that is full of abortion mills. Uh, we live in a city where every year we have the most abortions in our state and people come from far and wide to uh, murder their children every day. And if the church doesn't fight for the unborn, then no one will. That said, because this is a kingdom issue more than a political issue, uh, we don't just need to be about the one side and you know the fight against abortion, we need to be about both sides of the equation, and one of them is to just preach the gospel into this very dark uh, situation. And in light of that, uh, if, if there is anyone in this room that has had an abortion, you need to know that that's not the unforgivable sin. I think many people go their whole lives believing that it is, and uh, Jesus died for that sin too. Confess your sins to God, and He's faithful to forgive them. This is a safe place to have such sin and uh, to walk through the healing of those sins, whether uh, someone who encouraged an abortion or someone who had an abortion, um, the gospel is bigger than all of our sin. Now, when we think about the sanctity of human life, uh, we're often talking about the issue of abortion, as we should, but uh, the unborn are not the only ones that need to be cared for. The Bible gives us many categories of people, uh, vulnerable groups of people that need our care, widows and orphans, for example, the sojourner, or you could say immigrant, uh, the poor, the outcast, and, and beyond. So our missions conference this year was titled The Forgotten Children of Shelby County and was just seeking to inform our congregation about uh, many ways that we could serve children in need right here in our community, really focusing in on adoption and foster care, and a ministry called Safe Families, which uh, many have called Foster Care Light. And I guess that's a uh, good explanation of that. Uh, incidentally, I think these are some of the best ways to fight abortion. You know, I have a hard time believing that if birth parents know there are good options out there uh, and good families that would care for their child, whether for a long time or for a short amount of time, you know, I just have a hard time believing they wouldn't be more likely... Uh, to keep their children. So we have families in our group that have both fostered and adopted even in the past year. Uh, it'd be great to hear more about that at some point. But for today, in response to the missions conference, kind of uh, the thing that I heard more than any other was that people wanted follow-up in regard to safe families. So I've asked Sarah Hysong to join us today. Sarah, would you come on up? Sarah and her husband, Ken, have been married for 17 years, and uh, they have three boys, 13, 12, and 9. Ken is an aircraft engineer with FedEx. 
Uh, Sarah is a homeschooling mom, so you have lots of time, lots of free time. Um, you guys been in Memphis at Grace for 10 years? I think so. And yeah. both of you are from Atlanta originally? Mm-hmm. So um, the reason I asked Sarah to come with us today is because y'all been involved with Safe Families for what, two or three years? Almost four. Almost four? Mm-hmm. And uh, after the missions conference, she and Elaine Savelle had a conversation, um, and Elaine brought it up to me and said, hey, I think it'd be good to have her in class, and I thought, you're right, so here we are. But uh, thank you for being with us. To get us started, I don't really know, or some people may not really know exactly what Safe Families is, so would you explain that a little bit? Sure. So what Safe Families is, is an alternative to foster care. So children are, but what we're trying to do is to keep children out of the system. So mothers, typically, we've had a dad come in a desperate situation. They need someone to care for their child while they are in rehab or um, finding a home, finding a job, all those kinds of things. And so um, they voluntarily sign their children into safe families, and they can voluntarily sign them out. So um, they have signed over power of attorney to us so that we can make medical decisions, we can travel with them, whatever we need to do but um, the parent remains the custodial parent. So any major decisions, we had one that had to um, be taken by ambulance to Le Bonner for surgery. It was awesome. So um, mom knew, mom was updated. She was on the phone with doctors, that kind of thing. So um, we take care of the day-to-day, but the mother, the parents are still custodial and can take them out at any time. So it's a really neat situation in that the children have not been removed from that mother, so there's not that um, tendency to have friction between the two of us like she knows we are here to help you 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 know we're not um, a threat to you we are just trying to help you uh, get back on your feet is that often a more short term than foster care or not necessarily absolutely Uh, typically our very first placement lasted almost a year and um that was very unusual and Sue Sue you remember me not being able to get my head off the table in bible study (laughs) it was very very difficult um some of them are just difficult. They just yeah. are. But um, then other times we've just had uh, respite care where we've just kept uh, a baby for a weekend or a week. Or um, we've had the one we have now, we got the beginning of October, and he'll be with us for a while. Hmm. So. so I remember you saying after the first time you both said we will never do that again. And it was horrible. And, it was horrible. and uh, <laughs> you know, honestly, I think that's good for people to hear. Like this is not just uh, a fairy tale. Yeah. This is real life, very difficult, sacrificial service. Well, tell us a little bit about that experience and then and then what made you decide to do it again? Okay, so the very first situation, actually we did not approach, we approached safe families already with a child in our home. Um, we knew from a friend this child was living on the streets and, um, I mean, they were literally traveling the trolley. He was, They were homeless. He was a three-year-old homeless. Um, had lots of issues that we didn't understand at that time. And so we just thought, sure, we have we have boys. Let's just bring another little boy in. This will be great. And, wow, we were just confronted with our sinful sinfulness. And so it was very hard. I mean, in Bible study, I cried every week. I mean, I was just like, I cannot get up in the morning. This is awful, um, honestly. And so... Uh, but we did it, and we just kept going, and then we finally said, we just, we can't, we're not equipped to handle him, we don't know what we're doing here, um, and so we found a, a home that could help, and that's the thing, like I've learned over time, if you 
host a, a child and you re, it really just is not a good fit. There are other families that have more experience in certain issues that can deal. It was like a reactive, you know, an attachment disorder that we didn't understand. And, um, and we ha- our kids were a lot smaller then too. So it was causing trouble with our youngest. So um, anyway, so we just had a hard time with that one. And then... Um, so how oh, sorry, long after... No, yeah. How long after that... At first, you're saying no way, and then are you still on a list? And then you get a call. Is that kind of well, how it we works? got a call? And so we got a call, and she said we have one. Uh, uh, how that that one was just for a weekend, right? It was our little respite care for a weekend. We just need someone to have this little baby for a weekend, and we said we can do that. Like let's redeem ourselves because that was really bad. <laughs> so let's just do a weekend. We can do that. And so um, that one was great. It was fine. They were out of town. It was funny because um, my oldest one is 13, and he is just like a little baby magnet and so while they were there she just loved him they were gone for a weekend the baby cried the whole weekend and I found out later it was they had brought us the wrong formula so she had a tummy ache but the second Philip walks back in the door he picks up that baby and they just pass out on the couch and he's just like she's just happy as a clam with him and so we felt a little more redeemed about that and then we got another call for the next little girl and um I remember but we were at a baseball tournament and I was on the playground going oh totally want this baby he's gonna say no and so we would kind of we have this little system that talking about Ken yes so when I get a phone call I hear the call and I go oh that sounds exciting so I go to Ken and every time he says no and I say okay so I let it go and I go you know and I bring it back and so it's kind of our game if he doesn't really shut it down then I can proceed (laughs) slowly and then there have been times when he said this is a terrible time like you're starting school right now you can't do it you know, so there are times when it hasn't been able to work and we've had to say no. But that little girl, I'm telling you, we would have, uh, we would have done anything for her. Um, her mom went missing for weeks and we thought we are going to take, like, we're going to adopt this baby. Like, we would totally take her. She is a, just a joy. You just, there's just this, like, sparkle in her eye. You couldn't, you know, anywhere we would go, people would stop and just like, wow, but there is something about that baby. Hmm. And so, um, we really, the joke was Ken is very, um, frugal it's like if he's if he's willing to like be financially responsible forever for a baby like he really loved that baby and you know it was she was really a sweet thing and so um it's just gonna we'll get calls and we'll take we had a newborn twins this year for several months and that was a hard situation just we fell in love with them and their mom kind of went crazy so that's another thing you have to deal with parents who aren't you know, they're very different from who we are, and we're raised in a different way, and so you have to work with that. Um, but like I said, usually it's a more positive situation just because they have not been removed from that mama, so she's not, she's, you know, looking for help, not... Yeah. Maybe just to encourage you, or also for someone that was in a similar situation, but, you know, you might think, what is the use if they are these baby twins that aren't going to remember this, and they're never going to know you, and you serve them for a few months, and then they go back into a horrible situation, what good is that? But I, I think I always go back to our men's conference <clears throat> from two or three years ago with John Sartell, and he just he talked about how God, doesn't, uh, God is not bound by time, and He answers our prayers in His time, and sometimes that is years and even you know, way down the road from when the prayers were prayed. There's this image of how God stores our prayers in golden bowls before the throne until He decides to use them uh, to shape history, you know. 
And so, all to say, the prayers for those children, even for that short time in your home, those are not insignificant, but extremely significant in their, you know, hopefully in their salvation. And we just think, you know, maybe we kept them alive. Like, their situation right. was desperate. They were they were malnourished. They were tiny. They were... Wow. I mean, so we thought maybe we just even kept them alive. Wow. And, you know, so we don't know. You know, you just never know. Yeah. And, um, you know, we just think our the one we have now is almost four. And, you know... So you have a child with you now? Mm-hmm. Boy? Yeah. A little boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he went to the beach with us for Christmas. And we just feel like, if nothing else, we just pray that if he can't remember real things, that he can just have a sense in his soul, there is something better than where I am. Like, there, there is something bigger and better than yeah. whatever situation he's in. Wow. Hey, Chris. I have a question. Yeah. You were talking about, you know, you don't know if the kids that you did, but you have in contact with the parents. Do you feel like this has been a ministry to the parents in some ways with the Yes, we really, really like Caden's mom. She's she's a mess, but we we really love her, and we are feeling like there's and that's a thing with the safe families. Like we're trying to get where you have people who minister to the to the parents, like to come alongside and minister to to the parents specifically or to the children. Like there are lots of different things, but um, yeah, we've we've really been able to to help her. She's been very thankful and very grateful, and you know we'll take when we take him for an extended period of time, take groceries to help feed, and she just cries and says, thank you. You know she's been very appreciative, and um, we really like her. The kid, the kids really like her. Like she's the best mom yet. You know, <laughs> because we've had some we've had some some people. Some you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, well, what about your kids? I mean, how have they taken to this? How have they, uh, you know, adjusted over time? Um, they were, had a hard time with the first one. And when I we when we even were going to take a um, the little girl for the weekend, when I said, "Hey, let's take another foster baby," like my little one burst into tears. He's yeah. like, "No, we cannot." It was because it, it was bad all the way around. It really was. Yeah. It really was. But we made it. We made it through. And you know, we can look back and we can laugh about. <laughs> So a few of the few. We the second one breaking even. Yeah. yeah. And now we're, we're on a positive swing here. <laughs> right. but, um, but then she was good. And so now every time, honestly, every time we take, when we had to take Amani back, I, I dropped her off. I had to take her in. I could hear sobbing. Like my car, I could hear the sobs of three little boys. Like they were, all three of them, just bawling that we had to give her back. It was horrible. And when we had to give the twins back, it was that one was like the situation just blew up overnight. Like we, it just, so I don't know what happened there, but it kind of went crazy. And uh, we ended up having to call Child Protective Services for that one because she wanted them back and had no place to take them. And um, it was, that one was really, really hard to give back. And uh, one of my kids was out of town and we had to like kind of lie to him all week and just be real vague. They, She's sleeping. We don't know because he wanted to see the babies and, you know, we couldn't, we didn't want to tell him while he was out of town. And, but they've really, um, I don't know, when we were talking about it, I feel like they've really given up a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, they really have, because when that little kid comes in, like, I'm all in on that little kid, and so I've got my own that just go take care of themselves. You know, they have given up a lot of me. Mm-hmm. You know, being homeschooled, we're together all the time, and they've learned to just kind of go, or they have to watch the babies while while they'd rather be with their friends or things like that. But they've been really great sports about it, and I think... Um, they love it. They, like I said, every time we take a baby back, 
takes them a few days to stop crying and then they're like so when's the next one coming or you know when we got the twins I got the phone call for the twins they were pacing back and forth begging please let us get them daddy please let us take those babies you know so that they they really do they do like it and um you know I felt like when talking to Ken's mom when we were younger about having children and serving and all that kind of thing you know she always wished that they had done more kind of real get in the trenches but um I had a situation happen in college that I can't really go into the city without a lot of fear. And um, so this is our way of being able to do it where it's safe for me, where mm-hmm. I can, I'm in my own home. I'm, you know, in my own safety net and I can do something where I can't go work in the soup kitchen or one of those right. things. I, just, I can't wow. personally do that, but this way we can do something and feel safe and mm-hmm. not consumed with my own thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> So Safe Families is really just getting started in the Memphis area, is that right, or in the last couple of years? Yeah, um, Katie's really working hard to, to grow it. Um, she's looking for a lot of host families. She's looking for churches that will do the way it's supposed to be, where it's, in, where it's more established in other cities, is that your church is the mediator. So Katie would be in Safe Families, and then someone in our church would be the one. She would get the referral, let someone in our church know there's a, fa- there's a, a child that needs care, and then... Um, the, per- the ministry person here would work with the families that the safe families that we have in our church to get them, you know, so a place. So I was thinking about that, and I mean, it sounds to me like it would be good if we had an MIT Absolutely. where there's an MIT leader who's the point of contact with safe families, and then that helps put some structure to potential host families. Or you know, we could talk more about this, but maybe it's not a host family, but you want to be a support family that right. is involved in there's a family hosting and you want to take the you know children for a night or I don't know what the rules are. Yeah, so safe family so there are lots of ways to serve. One we do need an MIT and I have the information about that but I have not been able to do it. So someone who would knows how to work at MIT, how to do that, that would be great to have someone that would be interested in doing that. I know Jonathan would support all of that. Um, then uh, there are the host families, there are other families that are uh, have been trained by safe families and had their background check that can be babysitters or people <laughs> that can spend time with the kids so that they trust them. Like, right now I don't have anybody really that I would leave him with because he would be too afraid. If I just mm-hmm. said, hey, can you, you know, people would volunteer, hey, I can take him, but they don't really, he doesn't know them, and that's scary to mm-hmm. him. So that there's someone who um, would spend time to get to know him, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the Howells do. The get ho- to know the to get to know him or get to know him so they need people who are willing to minister to the on the parent side of it that's part of it too is that his mom feels kind of alone she knows that he's being taken care of but she has pretty much severed ties from her family so she's really alone Mm -hmm. and you know someone who can really I don't know honestly I have a hard time saying just perspective wise like our life looks so great so for me to be able to say just trust Jesus it'll be okay like I have a hard time personally with that being able to say her life has been horrible Mm -hmm. and so it's hard for me to say Jesus loves you it'll be okay and I mean I know that's not really but someone who has more experience and can say can walk alongside that with them Mm -hmm. that's just not yeah I'm more I'm better with the littles. Yeah, <laughs> but I there are other you. people who have other giftings. Yeah. And that's one of the things that's been amazing. When we had the twins, um, one of the most amazing things is that we never bought a diaper. We never paid for formula. We had meals provided for a month. I had gift cards for Chick-fil-A so I could just run my kids through. Our There's a homeschool group here at church that did a lot. I got blankets. I got all kinds of stuff. I mean, there was really nothing 
Mm-hmm. Anything I bought was because I wanted to. It wasn't anything that they really, really needed. Everything. I would come home from um, someplace and there would be boxes of diapers and formula sitting on the yeah. on the front porch. We literally wow. paid for nothing for them that we, I mean, I jimboreed just because I had to have a flashback of Jim Bucks and all of that. Yeah. But that wasn't anything necessary. <laughs> Everything necessary was Well, it reminds me of the story uh, and I the details of which I'm not familiar but Moses has to have his hands up so that they keep winning oh uh, when he puts but, his hands down they'll start to lose yeah had, but yeah. so he's got two guys one on either side holding up his hands yeah because you know? it's like I can't hold them up I anymore. can't do it and that's why I felt well, like we were literally just the hands holding the bottles that everybody around us was holding you up took care of and that's a great vision and picture for how as a group you know somebody may be called to be a host family uh, maybe that's how God would work on your heart but or to be a support family or even if you know maybe you're not familiar with how an MIT works but basically you have an idea this is a an area where we want to serve you put a little business plan basically give a little vision to it uh, go present it to the committee and the church will resource that and and support you and so maybe you're not envisioning being a host family but you're pretty good with structures and processes and communication and would want to be on that end of the team or whatever mm-hmm. I just there's a lot of different, ways, lot of different to, ways to serve um, does anyone else have any questions while Sarah's in here with us Yeah, Katie was... Um, Katie works with Life... I mean, Safe she, Families. Yeah, she's okay. an adoption specialist, but she's also the um, okay. Safe Families coordinator in Memphis. Um, what do you mean as far as, like, how are we protected legally? Like, is well, that what I you mean? mean? Just, you know, I've never had a kid stay with me, and I've never had to deal with a crazy mom who is doing something weird. And okay, so, like, she does not know our last name. She does not have my phone number. Yeah. Um, you could do, like, a Google account, like, to text her directly, but... Like if it were to get bigger, like right now, Katie doesn't. We weren't even going to host any families, uh, host any children at this point of the year until she got kind of revamped for next year. But this was an, an unusual circumstance. But so Katie handles all the communication between the mom and me. So she just forwards emails or texts back and forth, or I send pictures and she forwards that back and forth. But like having a Google account where you're not really tied to your phone would be a way to do that. Um, we meet in places like um, at the Safe Families office. She, do, you know, she doesn't know where we live. Um, Similar to an so adoption, kind if of, you have an open adoption mm-hmm, or something like that, where it stays, um, you know, kind of that way. I do. We do go to her apartment. We know where she lives, and so we take Caden back and forth there so that he can visit and stay. Um, so he st- he sees her every week. There is visitation there, and it's really been good so that I can say. I will take you back to your mama as soon as I can. So he doesn't think that we're against each other, that we've taken him from her, but that we're working together. We're trying to help your mama, um, and as soon as she's ready for you, she, you're going to go back. And we tell him that all the time, and he sees her every week. And so, um, you know, he cries when he sees me. He doesn't want to come. But, you know, yeah. but then he calms down, and he's he's fine. But um, yeah. But as far as legally, we're protected legally through safe families. Like I said, we have power of attorney to make medical decisions, those kinds of things. Um, but, uh, yeah, we 
Yeah. We, um, I did accidentally give my phone number out to the twins' mom, and I was a little afraid for a while. Like, you know, there's, I mean, you know, you're dealing with people who <laughs> are not always or... on the right side of the law or whatever. But like I said, I mean, there's there's a barrier there that keeps you pretty um, anonymous, as anonymous as you Care you personally need to be, and we need to be. So, Anyone else? Questions? Sue? Um, are you, like, legally bound? Like, if, if the child went to the mom for a while and came back like with a bruise, do you have to turn, do you have to, like, call Child Protective Services, or how do they handle that kind of stuff? I've never, I mean, yeah, we, we normally just, ho- we host babies, and normally we keep them the whole time. This one's more unusual in that he sees his mom a lot. But I guess if I saw something that were was suspicious to me, I would tell Katie, and then she would she would know what to do with that. I'm going to look at it or whatever, I think. Yeah. So this Katie girl, she really kind of, so like if, uh, what if you have, well, you have a little boy right now, right? Mm-hmm. So if he fell at your house and broke his arm, you have to take him to emergency room or whatever. Is there like some insurance set up to take care of that? Or well, they're all, all the kids that we've had so far are on 10 care. So, um, okay, so for example, the, the bait, one of the twins had a, um, what was that? Cellulitis. He had a staph infection. That. Um, That's when he went to Le Bonner. Yes. So he kind of stopped eating. Like he just got really sick and stopped eating. And I, you know, they took him by ambulance right there. I mean, that was very stressful. He could have died. Um, that was. But you know, I'm protected as far as you know the documents that she assigned is that if anything happens in their house, they're not responsible. Like this is just living life and things happen. I mean, I I don't know the actual verbiage. I've read it, but you know, this is their. They're gonna, you know. Yeah, you're covered. Protected. We're covered. We're protected. They, they have, have insurance. Ten care. They have insurance, so we can take them where they need to go, um, and all of that. But yeah, the the staph infection thing was pretty scary. How do you handle discipline? <laughs> <laughs> Therein lies our sinful, sinful selves. Like that's been very difficult because you know, I did tell him one time, if you were mine, I would totally you would be getting a spanking. Like you know. I, so that's harder with the ages. Like the babies were easy. They were babies, obviously, or little ones. You can just kind of sit. He sits in time out, and you know we're he's sassy, but he's he really tries hard to obey. And that's another thing is that he's lived it his whole life with a zero. You know, he just come. He he literally would just come up here and just like take your phone and start. It's like you know you can't do. <laughs> that's not what we do. And so trying to. Um, and that's another thing. We have to look at what our goals are. Are our goals to make another little high song? No. So if that's not our goal, what really is our goal? To show the love of Christ. Well, how do you do that? You can't do that by letting you get away with murder. But I also can't do that by making you obey every single rule for every... So it's a hard... Yeah. That's a struggle as what how to do that. But he's really been... If you look at big picture, he's been very good. And he tries really hard to obey. And, um, and so, you know... It's frustrating. It's I'm not going to say that it's not frustrating, but he does mm-hmm. sit for a long time sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but he's learning to say, I'm sorry, and he's learning. He's learning things, you know. Mm-hmm. And he'll tell us, I'm going to tell my mom on you. You're being mean to me. You're talking smack to me. You know, he tells <laughs> on us all the time, I don't like you. I don't love Jesus, you know. <laughs> I mean, he's a three-year-old. He's sassy and hilarious. I mean, we do. We enjoy him. 
Anybody else have any questions? process to become a safe family. A safe family. So I have information. If you're interested in it, you can contact Katie. They'll, they're starting to do lots of training. She's got a training set up in January uh, for families that are interested. And so she is going to do lots more ongoing training, how to deal with situations and, and different things. She's She's been to lots of training, and so she's excited to, to share of the things that she's learned. So the Safe Families um, <coughs> website, you can, I can give you uh, Katie's information. You can give that out. Um, Are there requirements like on their end, they have they come in, they inspect your home, they have to have their own room, or what is that like? See, it's very different from the regular foster care system. So there's not, he sleeps in a bed in our room in the corner over here. He has his own little spot because we didn't know, is he going to be a wanderer? Is he going to fall down the stairs? He does wander from time to time. Yeah. So we needed an eye on him. Well, now that he's right there, he doesn't want to go anywhere. I need Miss Sarah to go to sleep. So, um but they do check for fire extinguishers, and they do a family visit, and they, you have to have a background check. And, I mean, there are minim, it's minimal kind of uh, things, but there are, you know, steps you have to take to do it. But it's easy, and, um, and you have that freedom. When she calls and says, I have this child, are you interested? You can say, it's just not a good time, or mm, that, that's not going to work. She wants to know what age is. Like, she was kind of hesitant to call us for one that's three and a half like that's pretty old for us we prefer to have babies just because it's been traumatic for our kids in the past and so but now that they're getting older our oldest is nine he can handle that a three-year-old acts like a three-year-old but when he is five Your youngest is nine right yes yeah so but when he was five and a three-year-old was acting like a three-year-old that was not not good, good. and if you discipline the five or you spank the five-year-old and then I, I can see that with Allie. Like, I spank her at three, but then you have this other three-year-old you're not spanking. Spanking and like, what's going on, right. And so the kids understand, you know, he, we, this is the way, you know, we have to show different. It's just different. You have to love them differently. He doesn't know that when I spank him, I, if he gets in trouble, he spends the rest of the day, do you love me, Miss Sarah? Do you love me? Like, are you leaving? You know, he asks me all day long, are you still mad at me? Am I a good boy? Do you love me? So it's, it's you know, it's hard because you get frustrated with him. He's three, so of course he's annoying and all of that. But then when you know, I could have just broken his heart by just what I could say to my own kid. And they have the, you know, they have the security to know ah, she'll, be, she'll be over that in a minute. But he doesn't. He's like, do you love me? Do you guys still like me? Wow. And it's just like, how is he so insecure? But, and, you know, he's just... <clears throat> had a hard life and we don't know if he's been he's been passed from person to person we don't we don't know any of that but he really wants to know that someone really loves him and so and most of the kids have uh, fathers I mean they're active they all have oh, well technically <laughs> <laughs> um no no now, one of them was a dad. Now, that was pretty, that was our first situation. That was a dad that came to us, and he ended up getting him back. It took him two years, but he ended up, he did the thing. He worked hard and got him back. And well, For the ones who don't have an active father, how do they usually respond? To dads? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm kind of. He's scary. Yeah. But he's so reserved and, like, he's kind of back there anyway. Yeah. So Ken's not real in their, in their face or anything, so. Yeah, Ken kind of hangs back, but he he likes you. Yeah, he warmed up. Takes him a while to warm up. Yeah. Yeah, but he didn't like my dad either. But he's got some fear too. Like you can see if somebody gets upset or you know, 
have to really try really hard not to look look angry because you can watch his little face just like he's scared. So I mean, you know, I don't know. How has the dynamic been? So he keeps kind of going back to his mom and back and forth. Um, the dynamic of if this church adopts this, and you've got families in Carterville, Germantown, very wealthy situations with their own room, Xboxes, whatever, like a really good life, and then they're having to go back. Are they, is that tough for him? Um, no, because he would, he, would, he would give up everything in our house for his mom. mom. So you haven't seen that dynamic at all, where it's like going... Oh, he think buy me a tablet. <laughs> he, he did tell it. He said, Miss Sarah, you buy me an iPhone? <laughs> Philip goes, are you crazy? She, she won't buy me a phone. You are not getting a phone. So, you know, he... They would pick their mama hands down over anything that we have. Do you think that's the same case with the older kids? I know you're dealing with the smaller children, but let's just say there was an eight or nine year old that you were. That was to be part Do you of know somebody that has an eight or nine that has older kids? I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I really don't know how it would be. I mean, he's he adjusts really well. We thought he would be really have a hard time going back and forth, but he's done really really well. Do you know what the schooling situation is for? Older. Like, where do they go to school? They well, see, they would probably pick a family that would have, they would, you know, like a more city, if you had older kids, they would host, there are host families that are further in, in town that could probably be, get them to school, or or they might be, you know, when we had um, one of them, I had them in preschool here, and um, that was okay. I mean, I don't know, I don't know what we would have gone to if we had to go to school, school, I guess, you know, I don't know. But the thought process really is to, to keep these kids to let their parents come back with them. Yes, and so the way it is is so she has to, when she came in, she set goals. So Katie didn't set the goals for her. She set goals for herself. These are the goals that I need to meet. And so we would set a time. So we're going to meet back in a month, and we're going to see where you are in these goals. Because if you're not progressing, we are not just babysitting for you. So if you're not progressing in your goals, we're going to have to look at that pretty strongly. And so we, at one point, thought we were going to give it back. Like we had everything packed up. We were going back. And when we had a face-to-face with her, it turned out to be that it was just kind of confusing and not really what um, we thought it was. But she ended up getting that. She's got a job. She's got an apartment. She's got, you know, but she's working with MIFA, with a homeless um, shelter. She has till the end of February. If she can't afford that apartment on her own, she's out and she's homeless. So she's like, she's got a job. So she's working and trying to um, make it all happen. But um, yeah, so there are goals that they have to set for themselves. They have to be achieving those goals or working toward those goals or say families will say, I'm sorry, we can't help you, you know, anymore. So so then, like, if she doesn't meet her goals and everything, then just say family say, okay, now the child needs to go through um, the foster care system, and then is the child removed from you, or is that a decision that you make that you're like, well, I'll... Well, it would be, uh, she would probably tell her, you know, you have till this date, like we've signed our papers through this date, you have to this date to make arrangements for him if you can't. But again, you know, like when we had the twins, she said, you know, it's not against the law to be homeless. Like we can't call DHS because they're homeless. Now if she's, you know, doing drugs, you know, if there's abuse or there's whatever, you can do it. But you can't just make a call because someone's homeless. It's not against the law. So... Um, it would just be, we've had to call DHS for another family because they, nobody could take the child, have their health issues going on in the host family, and I couldn't do it. I was having 
some medical thing too. And so I couldn't take them. They had no place. They couldn't find the mom, and they had to call DHS because the mom was in, in jail. But they didn't know what to do, so they had to they had to call. So, I mean, they're hard situations. It's it's not it's not easy, but it's so worth it. Like when we look at the whole thing, it's like it's totally worth it. And it's not it's not easy. I mean, anybody that you know trying to adopt or any of that, it's not it's not easy, but. These parents, though, they, I mean, the whole point of the program is they want to get better, right? I mean, they want to get on their feet. They want to be able to provide for their children. Mostly, I think so. I I, I do think so, mostly. Um, some of them, one of them didn't. I know that she had lots of other children, and she didn't want her children to go into the system, but she just didn't know what else to do. So I don't know that she... <laughs> Again, you're dealing with a culture that's very, very different from us. Like, like what Katie was even saying in the uh, when she was here for the uh, uh, missions <coughs> thing is that people don't even understand that you should have a checking account. They just it's like to, it's just totally different world. I and mean, one of the things Ken said is that they haven't gotten here by just starting to make bad decisions. Like this has been a lifetime of and bad decisions <coughs> and generations of bad decisions, and it takes. That's the thing. It takes someone really coming alongside someone and loving them and not telling them what all they're doing wrong or you should do this or that or that, but just to really love on them. And that's where Trelisa could just use love from somebody that would just hang out with her or take her to lunch or do things with her to show her people care about you. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's. We're going to have to leave. Okay. Um, But one of the last questions I wanted to ask was, are you glad you're doing this? And I think that came out. Yes, we we do. Yeah. We're happy. (laughs) (laughs) Some days. Most days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And just to know that she's a great resource for follow-up if any of these areas. I mean, I love, too, you're talking. Trulisa, is that the mother? Mm -hmm. I mean, but just, you know, all these different areas of needed ministry and um, give it some thought. And some prayer. How about a hand for Sarah? And, uh, let me pray and then we'll leave. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we know that you love the least of these. And uh, Lord Jesus, as we've just celebrated Christmas, we know you did not come into a neat and tidy world, but you came into chaos and you came to save and restore order and uh, bring help and healing and transformation even for generations. And so Lord, I pray that you would strengthen the high songs. I thank you for uh, laying on their heart to serve in this way. I thank you for opening the door for them to share with us. And Lord, I pray that You'd move on our hearts as to how we can complement the work that You're already doing in this area. I pray, Lord, that in all the different uh, various aspects that are needed, that You would uh, bring a vision and, and structure and clarity and resolve to uh, follow You in Your paths. And uh, we thank You for this day. It is the day that You have made. Uh, we will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, we pray for this boy and for all the children that the high songs have cared for Lord we pray that they would know you we pray that they would not be able to forget these things and that they would be so impressed upon uh, because you have sent this family to love them and that they would know your love uh, that you sent your son 
to die for our sins uh, so that we might be right with you and safe for all eternity. Lord, we just entrust them to your care and we ask you to continue to surround them with your people, for the children and the parents and all who are involved. Uh, we thank you for this ministry and pray in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks again. Is that something you wanted to say about? Oh, it's okay. Just if it worked, it worked. Okay, so.